Welcome to episode three of The Wise Guys, a feature of Nested Query Podcast. We are on Sopranos, season one, episode three. Denial, anger, and acceptance. Meeting Frankenstein. Yeah, that's right. So this is actually a pretty packed episode. A lot, yeah, a lot happens. A lot of stuff going on. So um, I feel that we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Uh, real quick, I do want to talk about the title of the episode: "Denial, Anger, and Acceptance." I thought that was kind of interesting, so I looked that up online, and that's actually uh, three of a five model of the Kubler-Ross model. Okay. So what that is. It's the stages of the stages of if you're dying of terminal illness. So I thought that was kind of interesting because the episode kind of talks about Jackie dying of terminal cancer. Yeah. And this was actually kind of tough for me, tough a tough one for me, um, because it talks about the five stages of dealing with death, terminal illness. Uh, my sister, who I lost to cancer, so. I kind of see the correlations of those five stages in my sister uh, before she passed. Okay. So kind of understanding that. So definitely this kind of struck a chord with me and seeing how Jackie was kind of throughout the episode being portrayed as far as dealing with his illness. Progressively worse. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but it got to the point where you could kind of see the, you know, episode two talked about the acceptance part of it, right? Uh, that did, did not. I'm sorry. That did not denial part of it. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, that's all right. Chemo here and there, but then you kind of see the whole anger and acceptance part of it towards the end of the episode coming from uh, from Jackie. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, real quick, it talks about uh, Tony and Big Pussy and Silvio, Pauly. Those are kind of the four main guys, right? The four main guys of, the, of that crew, of that family. So I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of them throughout the series. Yeah. Okay. And it talks about Silvio kind of has this opportunity that he brings up. He brings up this opportunity with it, with this uh, Hasidic motel owner. Titleman? Yeah, Titleman. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Silvio um, brings this up. Um, and it's not clear how they know each other, but maybe Titleman is in the neighborhood of, of Sutriales or something. Uh, a Hasidic Jew um, and his daughter is married to um, uh, Ariel I think is his yes. name Ariel. and Titleman alleges that Ariel is abuse, an abusive husband um, I'm not sure that's tr- actually true who knows but um, <clears throat> anyway he Ariel the son-in-law um, will only give Titleman's daughter a divorce if Titleman gives him 50% of this hotel right. uh, that he owns. Um, so Sylvia wants to rough up Ariel, get him to sign the divorce in exchange for, who knows, money, something from Titleman. And so introduces Titleman to Tony, they work out a deal. Um, Tony Watts, 25% of the hotel of the hotel in exchange for getting Ariel to consent to this divorce. Right. So basically Tony kind of cuts the deal in half saying, hey, you're, 
you don't have to give him 50%, but give me 25%. Yeah. And you'll be stuck with 75 But obviously just re- realizing that's another opportunity for more revenue to come in to launder money into uh, that business. And Titleman's son, who's kind of there for the the talk, yeah. between Titleman and Soprano, calls Soprano a golem. Yeah, that's right. Golem. Or, or a Frankenstein. So I think that's a theme that runs through the episode. Right. Maybe a bit of the series is um, a golem is like a Frankenstein, kind of in a a creature without kind of a will or mind of its own, just kind of a maybe kind of a a demon or a, a thing without thinking or feeling, or just an acting. Yeah, and, and he set of appetites. And he he warns Titleman like you don't want to, don't work, don't deal with this golem. Yeah, yeah. And then so, I guess Tony tells uh, both uh. Holly and Silvio to go do the roughing up, right? Mm-hmm. To go rough up Ariel and Ariel's. Got, I, I, got, I actually got to give it up to him. He he, didn't, he wasn't phased one bit. Yeah, he took the beating. Still wouldn't give the divorce. Yeah, <laughs> and then so what I thought was funny was they end up calling Tony to let him know that they can't rough him up. He's about to get it on with one of his, one of his mistresses. Yeah. Uh, some Russian mistress. Yes. And so he's really pissed, like he's because he's about to get in some guts, <laughs> and and so then he has to go back and try to figure out what's going on. So then even Ariel, what I thought was funny. So I'm gonna bring this up when they're talking. Uh, Ariel's has this, you know, kind of story or this tale about the past about. Jews and the Messiah, right? Right, the Jews and Romans, and how after all these years, Jews are still here and where are the Romans. And then Tony's like, You're looking at them, you're looking at them, asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, he has this prayer, right? He says, Oh, though, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? And Tony's like, Hold that thought, <laughs> and then kind of walks away to call uh, Hesh, Hesh, right? Get some advice on how to, how to break. This dude, this Jewish guy. Yeah, and what does he say? Uh, uh, Hesh's advice. Yeah, he says. <clears throat> so Tony's upset because this guy doesn't seem to fear death. Right. And Hesh agrees. Yeah, he probably doesn't fear death, but he probably would fear living without his his family jewels. Right. And then Tony realizes, like, okay, yeah, that's what that's, that's what it is. Yeah. So. They didn't, you know, show anything, but they actually end up kind of, you know, basically threatening him that they're going to castrate him. Yeah. So then if finally he gives in that yeah. he's going to get the divorce, right? And then uh, they meet with Titleman again, yeah. right? Silvio and Tony meet with Titleman, and basically Titleman's like, hey, you know, there's a loophole. Like, you know, I didn't want... They worked out a deal. Yeah, we worked that. He and the son-in-law. Right. We, we for worked, 15%. For 15, <laughs> yeah, for 15%. So we, I actually didn't need your help and all this, so you're not going to get 25%. Yeah. So then Tony's pissed, you know, and he threatens Titleman, you're going to give me my 25%. So I think that's kind of where it leaves off, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that we'll see more of Titleman in the future of what's going on with that. Um, 
And Hesh had warned Tony, don't get involved. Right, right. With these people, yeah. Don't get involved with the, what do they call the Hasids? Yeah, Hasidim or yeah. Hasidic Jews. I'm yeah. So then um, there's a scene there as well where, um, oh, and just to end that scene with Tidalman, Tidalman does call him a golem at that time. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're a golem or Frankenstein. Yeah. Right. And then there's another scene where both Tony and Carmela are at Artie's new house. Yep. So, um, Charmaine is talking to Carmela, and it's it's a pretty humble home. I mean, compared to Tony's home, it's not not the best of homes. Yeah. But you know, Artie, Artie, and Charmaine are trying to make the best of it. Yeah, they don't have the money. They don't have the money, and the and the reason for that is because. Um, Tony's like, you should be swimming this money. What about that insurance money? And the insurance company's holding out. They're not. They're not paying them. They're still investigating. They're still investigating. Possible arson. Possible arson, which we know it is. Yeah. And so Tony's, you could just see the the disappointment in Tony's. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this to my my childhood friend. Yeah, he he feels bad, but I think he still thinks he did the right thing. Okay. Because if he had if he had let Junior, he would have lost it. Kill uh, Malanga there, then the, the the restaurant would have lost all the business and already would have probably been at the same place. <clears throat> yeah, they, they, the restaurant would have been a failure because yeah. no one would go where our monsters are killing people. So he couldn't let that happen. So they they blew up the restaurant trying to get him the insurance money. That doesn't seem to be working as of yet. It so may, it may feels, in the future. Yeah. It may, it may work, but uh, yeah, right now it's not working the way Tony hoped. So then, as kind of a like a uh, a good ch- a, a, an olive branch to Artie and Charmaine, they they asked them to cater some event at at Tony's home. Yeah, a fundraiser. Some fundraiser, right? And and Carmela thinks she's being very generous. To Charmaine. Right, and she's not. Um, <clears throat> she's coming off very snooty, very yes. high, highbrow. She says the, the home is very uh, cozy. Yeah. I think it's kind of some subtle shade. Yeah. Probably maybe unintended. But definitely some shade. But yeah, yeah. So there, there's conflict between Carmela and Charmaine right. throughout the episode. And then um, you see prior to the event... Something that was intentional is they show a, a shot of Carmela's hand that she's trying to wave to the maid. Yeah, like and like come here. Come here, my help. Yeah, yeah. Like come here, my help. And then, and then she's talking to Charmaine like, oh, she's great. She's Polish and she's such great help and all this. And you know, at that time, when she was telling Charmaine that, I was, I was almost saying to myself. Charmaine doesn't care. Like, why are yeah. you telling her this? Like, like it almost to me it almost seemed like she was again throwing some more shade at Charmaine. Like, look what I have. I have a this high end maid or something like that. Yeah. So then, that was kind of building to that animosity that Charmaine had to against Carmela. You know. Yeah, and then the when they're at the the event, the right. catered fundraiser. Um, Carmela's talking to somebody, and. I guess the for who the fundraiser's for. Yeah. And then says you gotta try this food or this something that was cooked 
by both uh, Charmaine and Artie, and then makes that same hand gesture towards Yeah, Charmaine. like, come over here. My help. My help, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, and Charmaine immediately was like... She feels like this the hired help. Yeah, you're my... Not a friend. Like, I know my place now. Yeah. You know? So, in the contrary, though, you see Tony and Artie both talking in the kitchen, right? And, you know, Artie's still depressed about the restaurant, talk, talking to Tony, and Tony doesn't want to hear it anymore because he just still feels so bad. And Tony's like, shut up already about this damn restaurant. And then basically what ensues is a food fight in the kitchen, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was actually kind of kind of endearing. You know, I thought, ah, oh, it's a bunch of buddies, you know, just... And Car Carmela sees that too, and I guess she feels the same way too about both Tony and Artie. Yeah. Which I, what I thought was kind of funny was I didn't think she was really that naive to feel like she was coming off that way to Charmaine. Like she'd had to feel like there was some type of shade there. I don't know. That Carmela should have been more cognizant. Yeah. Of how she was treating her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> she should have been. But I think it is kind of keeping with her character that um, she, you know, she just has a lot of money. She comes, at least now in her life, I don't know how she grew up, but now she comes from money and is insensitive probably to how she treats other people. Right. So then um, <laughs> in true fashion, uh, Carmela's throwing her shade throughout the whole episode and Charmaine throws one last gut punch. Yes, the biggest shade you could throw. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> My wife couldn't believe the scene. Yeah, so basically it was like, you know, I'm glad I was here to help, but, uh, oh, by the way, uh, me and Tony fucked when you were out of town one time before you got married. Yeah. And it was almost yeah. like, it wasn't, and it wasn't like, Oh, I can't believe I've been holding this. I got to tell you this. It's been eating me up. It's just kind of like passing. Like, oh, I'm glad I'm with Artie because, you know, me and Tony had a thing back then. But, you know. Yeah, she's she's saying, I could have had your life. Like, I I saw that life that that Tony could offer. Like, the big mobster who's probably going to have a lot of money, fancy yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. I saw that and I, I said no. I didn't want it, so I'm I'm happy with the decisions I made to be with Artie and, and maybe be may have maybe have a more humble life. But she's defending defending that and say I'm happy with what I have. She's defending that, but she's also saying I'm also with a better man. Yeah. You know, because maybe if anything, it it was a a definite pinprick into the insecurities that Carmela has. Because always kind of dealing with the infidelities of Tony. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting to just when I when I heard that when she said that I was like ooh yeah, yeah. I was like it's on it's yeah. on I loved it it was awesome. And I I will say so my my wife she's never seen the show before but she's watching it with me now. Um, she loves Charmaine now uh, after that scene because she saw how Carmela was treating her. Um, so, and, and then I'll also say, and I, I'm not giving too much away um, about the whole series, but Charmaine is one of the more 
moral people. Okay. I mean, in that scene, she was pretty mean yeah. to Carmela. But um, I think throughout the, throughout the series, you'll see that she's more, like she's always very suspicious of Tony and that life that he and Carmela have and the monsters. She wants to keep Artie kind of clean. She's kind of more of a conscience. That's, 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 that's really good to bring up because I thought about that too and I was like, well, to me at first, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty good from a, a perspective of a, being a husband. That's a pretty good wife there, you know, always looking out for already uh, making sure that she's like kind of the moral compass of yeah. that family. So I'm hope, I hope that she succeeds throughout the series in uh, getting Artie or keeping him out of trouble. I'm, I, I hope he does, she does, but you never know with these HBO series. <laughs> yeah. But uh, another thing we could talk about is uh, tandem duo of Christopher and Brendan. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so they're, they're still kind of upset with their status within the family. Um, Christopher and Brendan are, you know, talking about what do they have to do to become made men. And concurrently, uh, you have Meadow Soprano and her friend kind of cross paths with Chris and Brendan because um, not really much of a plot uh, substance here, but they're both kind of doing their own, their own high school thing, studying for the SATs. And got a choir concert. Right, they got a choir concert, uh, but they're in search of speed. They're, yeah. in, they're in search of crystal meth to kind of basically keep them up so they can study all night. And they decide to go to Chris, who knows where to get it or can deal it. And at that time, Chris is like, hell no. Like, I'm not going to give Tony Soprano's daughter meth. Yeah. What I thought was also interesting, too, was Chris's girlfriend. What's her name? Um... See, I can't remember right now. Well, her, her, Andrea? his, yeah, his girlfriend basically tells Chris, you have to give it to her because she's just going to end up going out to some other street corner and getting it and getting in trouble. Yep. So Chris is kind of putting a, between, in between a rock and a hard place because, um, at the very least he knows where she's getting it from. Yeah. And doesn't want to get like a bad batch from someone else. Yeah. yeah. If she doesn't get it from Chris, she'll go get hurt, robbed, or something by whoever she gets it from on the street. Right. So then at that point, Chris decides to, you know, give a little bit to Meadow and basically makes her swear, don't ever tell anybody where you got this from. Yeah. Because obviously, if Tony finds out, he's done. Yeah. He's done. And then I think Uncle Junior visits Olivia, right? At the at the gross community center. Yeah. He visits her, he's helping her put up her pictures yeah. and stuff on the wall. Um, and I think he's always trying to push... He, he's asking Olivia for advice about how to deal with Tony. Or that's how he couches it. He's like... But he's what actually. Can I, what can I do, Olivia? What can I do? I think he's actually trying to push her to say. Kill him. More, yeah, more stuff than she's willing to say. Yeah. She, he's, he's phrasing it as questions, but he's trying to lead her to certain outcomes. 
the the way I saw it was he's trying to get her blessing to yeah. do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he he loved Tony's dad. Yeah. They were brothers, and they came up in the business together. Um, and so I respect for him, and I think he respects Livia mm-hmm. on her own as well. He wants her blessing for for the things he does. So he talks about the issues he's having right now with Christopher and Brendan. Yep. And they're kind of their heists with the Conley Conley trucking. The Conley Conley, and uh, so he's kind of. Uh, basically telling Olivia about his predicament. And uh, he basically, his initial thought is to whack both of them. Yeah. Get rid of both of them. And Olivia kind of says, well, just give Christopher a rough talking. And then he goes, well, what about the other one? And she kind of just stays quiet and says, well, you know. I didn't know him. I didn't know him that well. (laughs) (laughs) So then at that moment, it kind of, and I also think too that this, these kind of talks that Uncle Junior has with Olivia, it's almost like kind of understanding maybe how Tony would take it too. Mm-hmm. So like when he, when he, she says, oh, I didn't know him that well, it almost seems like, well, if she's cool with that, then Tony won't care either, basically. Yeah. 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 So then what's, what's left in the episode is the, um, Kind of like a montage because you have like the choir going on meadow and her friend singing but then you also have these other scenes happening in the back during the the whole singing of the choir yeah so then tony shows up i will say this about tony is he loves his family so much yeah he does he has love for his mother he loves for his kids um so he's getting all emotional he's getting emotional the concert seeing metal singing um Pretty sure it's not her real voice. Probably not. Probably <laughs> yeah. not. But uh, he sits down with Carmela, holds her hand, and she kind of takes her hand away. Because of what Charmaine told her. Because of the news that Charmaine told her. Yeah. And he's kind of looking at her like, all right, what's her deal? You know? So, but then in during that kind of montage, that, song, that singing, um, you have what they appear to be Russian, Russian mobsters. Yeah take uh, Chris. They pick up Chris. And they take him to some dock. Cuff him. Yeah, put a, put a gun to his head. And they're real quiet. They don't really they don't really say much. Right. And what that was interesting though is they didn't say anything but then Chris starts thinking he's about to get whacked because Tony found out about the speed. Yeah. That he gave Meadow. So he starts confessing. He starts confessing. I just did it to keep her safe. Just keep her safe. I only gave her a little bit of speed. I, I knew it. And so I'm not sure if that's going to come back to bite him in the ass later in the future. But uh, when he was starting to say stuff like that, I was like, oh, he probably should have just kept that to himself. Yeah. So then they pull the trigger and there's there's no bullet in, in the chamber. Yeah. So and they start laughing at him. Yeah. You know, and they just leave him there handcuffed. And, and leave him there handcuffed. Um, not so much good news for Brendan, though. Right. Who's enjoying a smoke in his, ba- in his, <laughs> in his bathtub. In his bathtub. <laughs> and then uh, um, he wakes up to see Mikey in the restroom. Pointing a gun at him. Pointing a gun at him. And I thought it was a good shot, too, of uh, Brendan's eyeball. And you see the, the, the image of the chamber pointed towards him in his eye because it basically gets shot in the eye. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then uh, he dies with his smoke in his hand. <laughs> yeah. In the bathtub. 
And that's the final scene, right? Yeah. Mikey kills Brendan. Mikey kills Brendan. Junior's there. Yeah, Junior. Uh, yeah, Junior's there too. He's listening from the other room. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. To show that. So overall thoughts. It's a good episode. Um, it's it's moving the plot forward. Yeah, you didn't. Junior you, you, you and Tony. Didn't, you didn't see much development of character. It was just kind of. So it's here. Here's what happened. Here's what's gonna what's going to happen, and the end result. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest. Um, was that motel thing? Yeah, there's the motel thing, um, which doesn't have a whole lot of connection to other stuff, right? Like Junior, Tony, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. it helps develop Tony's character, right? The idea of a Frankenstein, um, and the episode, yeah, keeps keeps the friction going with Junior, uh, Junior and Tony. Um, yeah, I think it, it just keeps the ball moving. Yeah, I think the episode as a whole. There is one thing I want to discuss. Um, it didn't play much of a major role in like the little things that were going on with the motel or with Chris and Brendan, but it's the fact that Jack Jackie's terminal cancer is getting worse. Yeah. So, um, first first of the first part of the episode kind of shows him, you know, laughing off, laughing with his wife and. The guys show up and he's kind of yeah I'm just here chemo, but then as you progress through the episode, uh, he's beat. You know yeah. the chemo's really taking a toll. I think even in the middle of the episode, he uh, Tony shows up with one of the girls from the Bada Bing. To yeah, kind of, stripper. Yeah, to kind of give him a private dance and he's kind yeah. of laughing about it all, all like grateful. But then towards the last of the episode, what I thought was really hard to watch was seeing how. He's kind of at that point now where he's accepted his fate. That yeah. He's dying and he's gonna die soon, and I thought that was kind of hard to watch, um, because even when Tony was talking about business, he didn't want to hear it. He's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't make doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of tough. Yeah, and you can see the different conflicts that are building for the for the for, for the series and the season. But Junior and Tony aren't getting along. Yeah. The crews are getting at each other. And then the guy who oversees them, Jackie, is dying. Yeah, he's, he's, he's basically and, checked out. Yeah, and I think it's the... I don't think it's this episode. I think it's episode two. But he suggests he should pick a successor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how's that going to play out? His right. two guys are at each other's throats. And, so. I, and I'm thinking when, if and when he does die... If he doesn't have a successor picked, then it's just like a mad grab for, for yeah. power. Uh, I'm not sure how things run with, you know, organized type crime families like that. Like, who makes that decision, or is just a mad grab, or I don't know. But I'm kind of looking forward to see the kind of the butting of the heads between Tony and Uncle Junior, um, yeah. and seeing how that plays out because I'm not sure I know that Uncle Junior's at a point now where he can I, I think he's at a point now where he can get rid of Tony if he wants to but I'm not sure if he really wants to because of the family aspect of it yeah. and I'm not sure how Tony feels about getting rid of his uncle either so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out between both of them as char characters yeah uh, so we talked about the scene with Jackie. His terminal illness is getting worse. Any favorite other favorite scenes in there? Not a lot. The uh, 
Well, I would. Yeah, I do have a favorite scene. It would be where Charmaine tells Carmela that she slept with Tony yeah. back in the day. Um, she's getting back at Carmela for treating her like hired help instead of a friend. Right. Like a charity case. Sure. Instead yeah. of a friend. Um, so, really sticking the knife in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I like that scene a lot. Um, but the whole. The whole Titleman hotel story, it's okay. I didn't really, I really wasn't into it that yeah. much. That whole that whole storyline. I'm not sure if that'll have that'll have any legs going forward or any traction, but uh, it just seemed like just filler for the episode. Yeah. Just to kind of explain like the types of things that Tony does or the types of things that maybe Paulie and Sylvia will do to try to intimidate people. Yeah, a bit of comedic. Sure element to it but but yeah I wasn't I wasn't really into it that much I was more interested in Jackie yeah losing steam the conflict with Junior mm-hmm. and I, the Charmaine Carmella stuff is pretty meaty that's I, good I did like when they were trying to rough up uh, Ariel and Paulie had his his head up against the counter and was tra- and was hitting him with the with the the, <laughs> the, the bell the bell and it kept like ringing when he was hitting him. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, speaking of, of Ariel, uh, first appearance this year that was his first appearance in the show. I'm not sure if you'll see him later. We'll we'll be bringing up first appearances every episode, and then you also have a a really really quick Rosa Rosalie appearance, Jackie's wife. I'm sure we'll probably yeah. see her again if they have like a funeral scene in the future for him because. I mean, I haven't seen the series, but he's got to go. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's got to go. He has cancer, and Tony and Junior are going to fight it out. Uh, so as far as uh, deceased count, uh, you got Brendan. Yeah. Brendan's done. Um, we get a somewhat major yeah, character. Yeah, somewhat major character. He's actually deceased count number three of the series. Yeah. Uh, they're averaging one an episode, so I'm sure there'll be more as the episodes uh, roll forward. So, kind of a... Slow episode for music. Yeah, nothing too, nothing too memorable. I don't think. Uh, I'll probably choose my default and just go by the end credits. Uh, Elvis Costello's "Complicated Shadows." That was a different song. I'm not really an Elvis Costello fan, but I'll choose that one. Yeah, that that one's good. The the song "Tenderly." But Chet Baker is playing when Tony's meeting up with his Russian, uh, I think Russian mistress. So overall thoughts? Good episode, keeps things moving. Like, I like that the conflict is really is brewing. Getting yeah, getting turned up a lot between Junior and Tony. So I think I think it, it got slow play a little bit the first few episodes, but now it's really like it's it's real now. Well, yeah, I mean, not, I'm interested in seeing in the future episodes how Christopher's going to take this. Yeah, the message sent to him. Uh, Brendan, his friend, now dead. Um, how Tony's gonna take it? Does Tony take it as like 
to Christopher saying, hey, don't worry about it, you're still alive, Brandon, no one really cared about him, or is, does he really take offense to it and try to stand up for Chris? You know, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I, loved it. I loved it, I thought it was good. I thought it kind of kept the ball rolling. You definitely see a lot of animosity now between Uncle Junior and Tony. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks.